quick reminder, guys, that this is an older episode and it does not currently reflect the state of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We're simply re-uploading it because after I moved to Anchor.fm, it disappeared and we want it cataloged. Thanks. The following extended episode of BG Mania is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. Welcome to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games that has finally reached 100 episodes where we explore some excellent music and talk about our experience with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by the centennial man himself. It's Frank. Hey, guys. For those just joining us, what we'd like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes like our anniversaries. And 
a 100th episode type of celebration. So you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh and something exciting each and every week, usually, but not this week. We have a lot of repeats this week because we have a very fun episode for our 100th episode, which we'll get to here in a minute. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. This is the last time I can plug this before it happens, but E3 season is here once again, and we want to remind all of you that Level Down Games will have full coverage like normal this year. Leveldowngames.com forward slash E3 is our hub for the entire event, where you can see a list of all confirmed press conferences and things we will be reacting to and discussing during the week. Normal episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania will also be posting that week, but you do not want to miss our coverage. Look for full reaction videos shortly after each conference ends on our YouTube channel, as well as in-depth discussions and thoughts on Max Level and future episodes of Flavor Text after E3 concludes. Once again, leveldowngames.com forward slash E3 to see a full list of the festivities. Frank, we've done it. It's episode 100. I cannot believe it. I... I'm so happy we have this episode. I mean, this is one, this is one of the two big episodes that I've been wanting to do. Yeah, man, we have a jam freaking packed episode. You guys came through. You sent in some submissions. We have some of your favorite tracks in this episode. We have eight from myself, eight from Frank, three from Jessica, 23 total tracks. We even have a surprise pick later on in the episode from uh, someone we haven't heard from in quite some time. And no, it's not El Arrow. A very integral part of the BG Mania podcast. Yeah, so. for, for the last hundred episodes. So we have a little surprise later on in the show. But before we jump to the rest of it, we did get an email that doesn't necessarily tie into the 100th episode festivities that we're doing. But I wanted to read this email because I really enjoyed this. This came to us this past week from Pong E. Pin. And they said, hey, all. First, let me say that I was so pleasantly surprised to stumble upon your podcast where you spoke about the BGMs of the Soccer War series. It was such a nostalgia trip to listen to familiar tunes of when I played it on the Sega Saturn and the Dreamcast. It was also very fun to listen to your analysis, especially from first time listeners without having played it. It's definitely a different perspective, which I appreciated. I just wanted to share some further details if you've not already done so in your research. The biggest strength of Sakura Wars is definitely its music, not just the BGM, but the vocal songs. The voice actors would sing in the vocal songs, and many of the BGMs you featured were based on the vocal pieces, which have much better production than the BGMs. And because of this, there are many, many vocal albums released for Sakura Wars. The, the, uh, the flower group Hanaguma is based on the famous Takarazuki Review, Takarazuka Review, an all-female acting trope with the same idea of musicals in episodes 3 and 5 as well. So in something very meta, the Sakura Wars voice actors would star in musicals and plays, portraying their characters in those musicals. It was all the rage back in the day, which I actually think is kind of cool to know. Flowers in the Capital is as Japanese as you can make it, it's based on Japanese pop music from the 1970s, which had an Inca but distinct Western feel to form a nostalgic romantic style of music. A notable example would be Maijo Kaji's song from Tarantino's Kill Bill, which I'm actually familiar with. Anyway, mm -hmm. just some little tidbits from a Sakura Wars nerd to hopefully take you down a rabbit hole. It was really one of the biggest franchises in Japan with lots of media to go through. 
I hope you get a chance to play some of the originals. It's definitely an experience. Thanks for sharing your thoughts again. Definitely keep up all the amazing work. Regards, Epen. And I think that's super cool. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sending that in and shedding a bit of light on on a series that, as we talked about in that episode, we're not too familiar with, but had great music. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was telling Brian, you know, because he shared the email with people prior. I was like, it's cool to get the actual, you know, this is a cult, this is a culture thing that we're removed from. We just we didn't grow up with Sakura Wars. Yeah. Yeah. We only had the one in I think it was 2010 from NIS America that they localized. And that was the fifth one, which wasn't even the best of the series. It's, it's good to see somebody who's actually, you know, familiar with it and, throw, you know, entrenched in it, kind of give us some insight. So, yeah, it's something we probably could, you know, listen to the vocal albums. Maybe they'll show up on a radio hour. You never know. Yeah, yeah. The Epen actually gave us a bunch of links for, like, actual tracks that uh, nice. that uh, they had suggested. So we might actually stick some of those in a radio hour or something in the future. That'd be really cool. Yeah. But back to the 100th episode festival celebration type event we're doing today. Extravaganza. Frank, that first track we opened with, something I cannot believe you have yet to pick. Uh, I've sat on it for a long time. In fact, it's so flat. It's thank you. Audio podcast. (laughs) Had to, man. It's the 100th episode. I need a hundred of those jokes. This even purposely missed the missed uh, contacts episode, the, 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 the misconnections episode, where things like I can't believe we didn't play this yet. Yeah. We played the Maluka version. Yeah, the Maluka version, which is uh, kind of like a, a, port, a, a what do they call it, a portmanteau or a, a yeah. mashup of the, this and, and the Bardic version that's played in the taverns. I, I love the actual original uh, composed by Jeremy Soule. Elder Scrolls 5, 11, 11, 11. Uh, I could hit you home with those notes all the time, but <laughs> this is one of those just epic songs. I, I, I listen to a lot of video game music in the car. If I wasn't, if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm almost always listening to like hair metal or video game music. This is something that if it comes on, I don't care if it's like crowded traffic. My windows are open. I'm blasting this and they're looking at me like, who is this crazy dragonborn son of a bitch? <laughs> I could honestly picture it too. Like you literally with the windows down, screaming the lyrics. Brian, Brian. I 100 percent. This this happens. This happens almost on a weekly basis. This is one of the songs that's that's constantly in there because it's part of my playlist. That's so cool. In fact, uh, two more of those songs will show up in this episode because they are my favorites. Nice. That's the whole point of this episode is these are our favorite video game songs of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, because probably 80 to 85 percent of the tracks we have played in the past, we're not going to go in depth with our stories as we've done in the, you know, we've done that in previous episodes with the same songs and the same games. Uh, We might say things here and there, but we're really going to be focusing on the music and really focusing on the celebration of the 100th episode and just the the milestone that we finally achieved. This is so cool to be actually recording episode 100. And we'll actually be doing this in uh, two more weeks for max level as well, where that uh, that podcast is about to cross 100 episodes, too. So. So if anybody, if you're out there on the road and you see a fat Kratos uh, in a white car <laughs> singing, singing, in a, singing a Nordic Skyrim Dovahkiin song, holler at your boy. Oh, man. Just to see that, just to actually see that, you driving down the streets in New York, you kind of do look like Kratos now. All you need is the face paint. Boy. <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to go to something that uh, is one of my favorite franchises and favorite tunes of all time. Something that was actually a listener submission way back in the day, if I'm not mistaken, from our good friend, the Mixmaster. But it is one of my favorite tracks as well. From Dragon Quest Eight: Journey of the Cursed King. This is the Overture.
And that was the overture from Dragon Quest VIII, Journey of the Cursed King, which released here in North America November 15th, 2005, composed by Koichi Sugiyama, the main composer behind all of the Dragon Quest games. If, if you remember, we talked about him in the past, 88 freaking years old. The man is still going strong, still composing music for Dragon Quest. Uh, his most recent one was last year's Dragon Quest Builders 2, which is actually releasing next month here in North America on the Nintendo Switch. So still out there composing music, still doing a fantastic job. And the overture for Dragon Quest really is the same theme that we hear in all of the it modern Dragon Quest games. Yeah, and it's so good. And tying in a little bit to what's happening next week at E3, we might hear it again because big rumors are that we might see another Smash character reveal for the uh, fighter pack, the character number two which there are heavy rumors that it's Erdrick from Dragon Quest, one of the protagonists, not the one from 8, but just a protagonist from Dragon Quest. And if so, if he's there and if he shows up, we got to hear this in Smash, right? We got to hear this too. To. Yeah, it's it's one of the, it's actually the most iconic Dragon Quest song. So even if they, much like Persona, where they just add, you know, like five or ten tracks to Smash Brothers, this has to be one of them. But I'd be so curious to see what other music makes it in the Smash if, uh, if if that character actually ends up being true. But what a great piece Fingers of music. Crossed. What a great piece of music. Fingers crossed indeed. And uh, that track, every single time I hear it, literally gives me goosebumps. It's one of my favorite things in this world. It's one of those things I can just close my eyes and just see Dragon Quest being played. Like, it's just it's it conjures it conjures up memories for me and I, and I love dragon quest yeah yeah dragon quest one of the the few jrpgs you actually have experience with besides now the early final fantasies <laughs> so i want to kick to our first listener submission on the episode this one came to us through email bgmania at leveldowngames.com you can send us submissions just like dave did 
and he said, Probably not a very popular choice, but for me, Hollow Knight is one of the best soundtracks ever composed. I agree that Hollow Knight is actually a great soundtrack. I, I It's fantastic. We've played... Haven't you played something from Hollow Knight, Frank? I think you actually picked something. I pretty sure I can't I recall exactly. I want to say you have, but maybe you haven't. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look. Anyway, in particular, Green Path is a beautiful piece of work that I think not only will the two of you enjoy as much as I do, but hopefully the entire audience for BG Mania. Congrats on 100 episodes, guys. Here's to the next batch of 100. So from Hollow Knight, this is Green Path. was Green Path from Hollow Knight, which released on PC February 24th, 2017. It came to Switch last year and PS4 and Xbox One as well last year. Composed by Christopher Larkin. And again, this was submitted to us from one of our listeners, Dave. Thanks again for the submission. That was actually a beautiful piece of music. I really enjoyed that. It sounded it sounded very familiar to me but I'm having a hard time placing why it sounds so familiar. Oh, it's from that game you played, uh, Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, definitely, yeah. I mean, obviously, I know I've played it and have heard it in the game, but it sounds like something else as well. I, I can't really pick what it sounds like, but it sounds very familiar. It, it's great. Uh, Christopher Larkin had to look him up a little bit, went to his actual website. Uh, we've talked about him in the past because we have played. I, like I said, I swear we played something from Hollow Knight. But uh, he also is doing the music for the sequel, Hollow Knight Silk Song, and uh, has done a couple other things. The New Adventures of Figaro Foe, Outfolded, Pac-Man 256. But again, great tune. 
really enjoyed that and uh, love hearing what other people consider their favorite tracks of all time. Dude, we have one coming up later in the show from a, a listener submission that I was thoroughly very, very surprised by. And I think you are going to go out and buy the game as soon as you hear it. It's going to be one of those things. Oh, for really? You. One of those? Yeah. Okay. I think it's going to be one of those things where you go out and buy the game and potentially even play it this weekend. All right. Yeah. That, that has happened. Yeah, it, def- me, happened. It, it happened with uh, Night Stalkers. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a great game. Which wasn't uh, a good game. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what time it is? It's time to kick it over to our first Jessica pick of the episode. I get three of these. This is going to be you a super get, episode. For you me. get three Jessica picks this episode, and she is coming with some heavy hitters, some very surprising picks. One of them, I this one actually right here, I did not expect her to pick. So we'll kick it over to her. We'll let her talk about it, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys. So for this BG Mania, I kind of wanted to branch out, and especially for this song, because I've never even played this game series. It's just Brian has, you know, he showed me the song. It was also on a BG Mania before. I think it was on like a previous radio hour. To me, this song instantly just deserved to be on this episode. So I do hope you guys enjoy. Must we go on? Will we ever prevail and smile in peace? 
And that was We Are The Chosen Ones from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which released on the Nintendo Switch December 1st, 2017, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, the wonderful Yasunori Mitsuda. The English lyrics were written by Lissa and Castro Satoshi, and the vocals were done by choir group. If you remember last time we did the uh, the Xenoblade episode, Anunya. 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 Yeah, such a good freaking track, dude. Literally another piece of music that is able to give me goosebumps every single time I hear this. Obviously, the name of the track is We Are the Chosen Ones, but this particular music is the theme for the Indoline Praetorium which is the holy city in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And this is the nighttime version, the version that is way better than the daytime version. And uh, I actually just literally, as we were listening to this track, Jessica called and I was talking to her while we were listening to it and uh, told her, I was like, I was actually surprised that this is the a track that you picked because you haven't played this game. And, and she even said, you know, I showed her this piece of music and it was very beautiful and it fit the theme because it really, after she heard it, became one of her favorite pieces of music of all time. It's great. And I'm with you. I think the dark version is so much better than the light version. Oh, Jesus, Frank. <laughs> but it was a good pick, though. Thank you, Jessica. We have uh, two more picks from her later on in the show. She never disappoints. Just like your dumb transitions. It's It puts butts in seats. This is what people here come for. <laughs> from the best Legend of Zelda game ever made, A Link to the Past, this is the Dark World theme. was the Dark World theme from Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, uh, April 13th, 92, of course, composed by Koji Kondo. 
this track is something that's always rattling around in my brain. I love the song. It's my favorite Zelda song. Yeah, he really wanted us to go out there and fight, fight for the light world. Brian, I will break your legs. Okay? <laughs> Just, like, I, I said this before in previous episodes, hearing this performed live by the Symphony of the Goddess was just like, uh, it was one of those moments as a fan, you're like, my, my heart was a flutter. I, 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 had, I had the chills. I, I love it. This, this song is just, it's my childhood. This is this is my game. This is my, my, my everything. I love this song to no end. It's a great piece of music. It really is one of the most iconic pieces of Zelda music ever composed and it, it really it, dude it's so good like it, it's i'm glad we're playing this in the, in the 100th episode because really it is one of the better pieces of video game music to ever exist top five all time lock it down uh that's a man i uh, brian top five you i i'm i don't know i don't know i might pick a different zelda tune for top five i don't know but that would be an interesting topic to do in the in the future. Like, what really is the top five pieces of video game music of all time? Not, 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 not to give away any future person. Do you have any songs from Zelda coming up? Uh, I do. I no, I don't. But there okay, then, is boom, top five. There is a listener pick from a Zelda track coming up later. You son of a gun. <laughs> thank, th- thank you for sending in picks. BG Mania at LevelDownGames.com. We love uh, it. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, especially when they're great pieces of music. But unknowingly, we are going back to back on something and it happens to be the composer because my next pick comes from Super Mario 64. This is Dire Dire Docks. was Dire Dire Docks from Super Mario 64, released September 29th, 1996 here in North America. I've told my N64 and my grandma story so many times, I'm not going to repeat it. Composed, as I mentioned before we got into it, by the legendary Koji Kondo. Dire Dire Docks, man, and, and I've mentioned this, we've played this track a few times in the past. 
it is the perfect water beam. Like it just yes. resonates water. It sounds like water. If water sounded like anything, it would be the theme for Dire Dire Docks, that actual stage. One is still to this day, one of the only video game tracks that is able to just make me so emotional on a level that I'm not really ever going to that often. Like this track is that special to me. This game in particular is that special to me. Mario 64. I want and yearn for a full remake of Super Mario 64. Like I want to experience this game in the style of Odyssey, dude. I really do. Every, I'm telling you, man, this really is the third best uh, Mario game ever made. It's so, the first uh, best Mario game ever made, and it really, it needs it's a not remake. Mario Brothers 3, Brian. It needs a remake, dude. It needs an actual re-release I, with I, modern, I, I agree like, just because Mario 64, it still holds up. It's still a great game. Still fantastic. Still my all-time favorite Mario game. But I would love, as I said, to see this in the style of Odyssey. Let's expand on the kingdoms that we went to a little bit, make them a bit fleshed out, make them, you know, things that they couldn't do back on the N64 that, you know, they probably wanted to do, but couldn't. I want it so bad. This might be the Mario game that I've bought the most copies of. Oh, yeah, easily. N64, DS, Virtual Shop. Plus, I bought this as presents for friends when I bought them in 64s. See, I, I've, I've bought this game quite a few times. My, mine is just N64, DS, and the uh, eShop, but just those three alone, more than I've purchased any other Mario. I think I've bought Mario 3 twice, Mario World twice. Um, but yeah, Mario 64 just three times, and that's still the most I've ever bought in a Mario game. Great piece of music, though, man. Literally, just Absolutely. I could listen to that all day and never get bored. But Frank... It's time. We have a celebrity submission. What? Do you know who's been missing from the episodes for a while? Don't, don't, don't say it, Brian. Don't, don't lie to me. Did, 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 did he really say something in? He didn't. But. Did he slide? Did he slide? Slide, slippity slide a track over our way? He didn't. The actual Coolio himself did not. But we're going to pay tribute to him because we used to talk about him all the time here on BG Mania. And if you listen to Max Level... He's the official rapper of Level Down Games. He still is. He still is the official rapper of Level Down Games. He has to make the 100th episode. It'd be, uh, it would be very poor sport of us to not mention him and play this particular track. But if you listen to Max Level, we recently made fun of the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer that was released for that abomination of a movie that was recently delayed till next year. And in that trailer, all they played was Gangsta's Paradise. So a user over on YouTube, Yuzo Boy did a remix of the Gangsta's Paradise in the style of Sonic the Hedgehog. And we're going to play that now. So a remixed version from a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Here's Gangsta's Paradise.
and that was Gangsta's Paradise Zone from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which is how Yuzo Boy labeled it on YouTube. Uh, if you if you aren't familiar with Yuzo Boy, he does some fantastic remixes of like Genesis music and makes things like he did Michael Jackson remixes. He's done things with Guile's theme, making it sound like Sonic. Uh, takes some popular music like uh, what was the oh man I saw another one Billy Jean he does a lot of popular remixes of like actual music in the style of Sega Genesis chiptune and it's really well done so again it's use a boy on YouTube we had to pay tribute to Coolio we had to although I will give composer credit to Mr. Stevie Wonder for writing the the actual the actual paradise yeah <laughs> but really Brian this this does raise a big question. Oh, yeah. Why are why are we so blind to see that the ones we hurt are you and me? We, uh, you know, I, I think um, it's because Coolio is just transcending above and beyond what we're able to comprehend. The man is an angel, maybe a one winged version, but he is an angel. Yeah, not angel of death. He's still alive. Oh, he's an angel of death. D.E.F. Oh, yes. like Def Jam, yeah. like Def Jam Allah. Vendetta. Was he in that game? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, th- I think they had really good artists in that one. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, cool, that's a good artist. <laughs> 50 cent. What's up? Yo, man. Don't mess with 50. 50 cent bulletproof. God, what a shitty game that was. <laughs> and a shitty movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> kind of like... Uh, Sonic. See how it all ties back together. Exactly. I was going to say Big Money Hustlers. <laughs> Don't insult the Juggalo fan base. Whoop, whoop. Movie though, come on. I'm not very clever when it comes to transitions. I'm gonna just make this one nice and simple and clean. I thought you tried to do the one winged angel transition. What happened to that? Oh my god, let's do both back to back. Now you gotta pick, now you gotta pick which one you want to do first from Final Fantasy 7 <laughs> from Kingdom Hearts. This is simple and clean.
Was simple and clean from Kingdom of Hearts, performed by and composed by Hakata Utada. Again, came out September 17th, 2002. I absolutely love her voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm so glad that this theme has carried over through not even just Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3, but all of the Kingdom Hearts games. Like, they, they do maybe not the vocal version every time, but there's still remixes and instrumental versions of Simple and Clean in every Kingdom Hearts game. It has to be there. Every time. It has to be there. I'm, I, I am sure it'll be there in four. Oh, man. Yeah. We actually did a flavor text if you wanted to check that out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash level down games, where we hypothesized what we thought would be the world list for Kingdom Hearts 4. We actually did that uh, about a week and a half after Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, after you and I had a chance to sit down and record the spoiler cast, and which you can find on our Max Level feed and YouTube. And then uh, we did that with Sean from Max Level, where we did uh, a world list. So kind of cool. But yeah, the first uh, let me tell you a story. The first time I heard this track, when finishing Kingdom Hearts 1, obviously, is the first time I heard this. As soon as I started playing, like even back then as a teenager, I was floored by this particular piece of music. Like, it's so good. And even back then, like, I wasn't big on, like, Japanese pop type music and this really is very J-pop feeling in nature but I was still like amazed at how beautifully done this actual song is it's so good I think it's one of the most perfect tracks ever put out there in a video game yeah 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 and I mean it's it and it's it even shows because they always keep using Utada Hikara for the main themes of all the Kingdom Hearts games like she did Sanctuary for Kingdom Hearts 2. She did that not so good one with Skrillex for Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Yo, but she, you got you talk about and the Wub 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 Master the himself. Wub Wub Wubbity Wub Wubs, exactly. Yep. So, great pick though, man. Good pick. Glad to get that on there. Definitely deserving of a spot on the 100th anniversary or 100th edition. Not even an anniversary, just the 100th episode. Our anniversary episode's coming up later. I don't think we're going to have a 100th anniversary. I'm sorry. We probably won't make it to that. My God, can you you imagine if we did? You won't. Can you imagine if we did? (laughs) Can you imagine if we did? That'd be crazy. I want to kick now to a track that I actually discovered thanks to the show. And we actually played this, I think it was during a radio hour. It must be a Frank pick. It is not a Frank pick. It is a pick that I that I actually picked. But again, I actually discovered it because I was looking up some different type of music to pick for radio hours from the Game Boy version of RoboCop. This is the title theme.
And that was the title theme to the Game Boy version of RoboCop, which released in December 1990, composed by Jonathan Dunn. This instantly became one of my favorite video game tracks of all time after I heard it, dude. Like, we mentioned this in that episode. There is no reason this track needs to be that good. There is no reason. I, I love it when we find a track that is that way, like where it's like a game that you know is just a total piece of garbage or. Yeah, and not even and not even that Robocop is bad. Not even that Robocop is bad on the Game Boy or the Amiga, or wherever you played it. Maybe it's not the best game of all time, but it's not terrible. I looked into it. I never played it. it it's not terrible, but there is no reason for the title theme to be that good. Like he just kills that sound chip, dude. And it just, it is beautiful. It is so well done. Jonathan Dunn, to be exact, because he's the composer. Hi -oh. oh, that was bad. That was like well done, the tag team from the WWF. Rest in peace to one of them. If not both of them. Yes. I don't know which one's that, so. Um, one of them up is. Up, down, left, right. Uh, up, down, left, right to all y'all. Up, up, down, down. Shout out to our boy, Xavier, Xavier Woods. Not a listener. He's my hero. Yet. I think I like to think that he is. Maybe. I mean, he probably enjoys some good VGM. You know, probably does. Yeah, it's, it's a great track, man. I, I, I have nothing more to add to it. I, I love it. Let's remake Robocop. Why, why, why not? So I, let's do it. Hollywood's remaking everything else. Let's just reboots of video games. We're getting, the, get, we're getting a reboot back. of Ghostbusters later this year, so we're going to get a reboot of Robocop later this year, and we're bringing Jonathan Dunn back to kill the title theme. Your move, just creep. Absolutely slay it. Well, being that I tipped my hat a little earlier to this one. <laughs> being that you already blew your load on the transition. Uh, well, yeah. Typical, can I say? I got a little typical old... premature. Well, I do have the magic strip so I can hit once and I can hit twice. <laughs> From a game I never would have played if it weren't for Brian. Yeah. Forcing me to get into this series. And thankfully he forced me into it because I loved it once we hit four. Uh, for Final Fantasy VII, this is One Winged Angel.
Ryan from Final Fantasy VII, that was One Winged Angel. Uh, came out September 7th, 1997, composed Nobu Umatsu. This is one of my favorite Final Fantasies that I've played. Definitely top three. And this particular track is much like you mentioned with the Dark World and the Symphony of the Goddess being played live. When Distant Worlds does this live, it literally brings the entire house down. Like, this is amazing to see done live. I can imagine. This is one of my car songs, uh, again, that uh, I will blast and people will be like, hey, look, it's Fat Kratos singing uh, some demonic stuff right here. I thought he was singing Dova Keen earlier. Now he's singing something else. I don't know what's going on. This guy's weird. Apparently, he's a one winged Dova Keen. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, AEW Kenny Omega. Tearing it up right now. Tearing it up. It's such a good piece of music. Uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing this performed twice live, once at the uh, Distant Worlds and once at the more intimate setting, the new world thing that they do, where they go and play like smaller shows and smaller settings. It's it's so good. Justin actually just went and saw the Distant Worlds are one of our friends of the show. Justin, he was down in Columbus this past week seeing Distant Worlds down there. I unfortunately wasn't able to go. I uh, couldn't afford tickets, but yeah, he said it was just as good there as well. And a little bit of a spoiler, he even said that the composer said that at E3 next week, we will be finding out the release date for episode one of Final Fantasy VII. I don't believe it's Sorry, not, not the composer, uh, the, uh, what are they called? The conductor. The conductor. Yeah, the conductor. I think the conductor is a liar. We're not going to hear a thing about Final Fantasy VII. Mark my words. I don't know, man. We already we already got the uh, the trailer in State of Play. Uh, we know that it's still it's staying episodic. Square Enix already said they're committed to releasing it episodically with, you know, each episode being like a full fledged game, but with encompassing everything that took place on the, you know, the individual discs back in the day. It came on three discs. So if they release Final Fantasy seven, say fall 2019 or spring 2020 episode one, and it's like maybe say 30 hours, that would be awesome, dude. I'd be, oh my God, dude. Can you imagine? That's going to. I'll spend 30 hours in Midgar. I have no problem with that. Yeah, especially like seeing fleshed out the stories that they add and the individual areas that maybe we couldn't go to in the original Midgar. It's going to be so much freaking fun, dude. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see more information next week on Final Fantasy VII. Great pick and a great way to tie in E3 once again. Like, dude. And oh my God, what a great piece of music. I don't even know what else to say. Like, that is just so good. And honestly, surprised Jessica didn't pick that because it's one of her favorite picks. It's one of her favorite tracks as well. Well, because she has great taste, except in men. But other than that. <laughs> All right, man, I'm going to go on now to a another pick that really is just when I heard this. And again, this was a listener submission way back in the day for a radio hour. But again, when I heard it, it instantly became one of my favorite pieces of video game music. It has me super excited for later this month. From Crypt of the Necrodancer, this is Disco Descent.
And that was Disco Descent from Crypt of the Necrodancer, which originally released on PC April 23rd, 2015, would hit PS4 and the Vita in 2016, Xbox One in 2017, and the Nintendo Switch last year in 2018, composed by Danny Baranowski, who we actually recently just talked about because we played a track from uh, Super Meat Boy on a recent episode of BG Mania. And or, I'm sorry, Radio Hour, not BG Mania. BG Mania is the podcast. But yeah, on a, on a recent episode of Radio Hour. And I am super excited for later this month because the Legend of Zelda version of Crypt of the Necrodancer called Cadence of Hyrule is going to be releasing on the Switch, which Danny Baranowski is also doing the music for. So nice. we're about to hear his take on, I think they said 25 classic pieces of Zelda music infused with his synthwave disco type style that he did with Crypto the Necrodancer. Dude, that soundtrack is going to be literally off the charts. Like we're going to have to do an episode on it because it's going to be too, it's going to be way too good. It's going to be lit, yo. Uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, you know, go down the path of saying that, but yes, I agree. <laughs> I forget who actually uh, I should have went back and listened to the actual radio hour that this came from, because this, like I said, this was a listener submission. I forget which listener actually submitted this. I think we'll give credit to longtime friend of the show, L. Francaro. No, definitely wasn't him. Definitely wasn't L. Francaro. We don't need to hear that guy anymore. But uh, yeah, Thank you, rest in peace. I actually and I even remember saying this. I went out and played the game because of the submission on that episode of Radiar and Crypt of the Necrodancer is a fantastic game. Can't wait to see what they do with Gaiden's of Fire. It's going to be a surprise. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to do really, really well. But Frank, it's time for you to buy a game. This is the one I said I think you're going to go out and buy instantly after you hear the piece of music. Okay. This came to us from a listener who we've actually had an email from before. Uh, Martin over in the UK. If you remember, he's the one that actually requested. Yeah, it's Pip Pip Talio. Yeah, absolutely. Pip Pip himself uh, over in the UK did the submission for the Sonic the Hedgehog episode. He sent us an email and said, hey, Brian, hope you are well. This track comes what? from. Oh, one no, of- no, Frank. Thanks a lot, Martin. Oh, you're you're mentioned later. You're mentioned in here okay. later. This track. Love you. <laughs> he just knows the emails come to me. The track comes from one of my favorite games in the last few years. It's a real hidden gem with a bit of an odd name, The Sexy Brutale. The track is from the OST and it's called The Sexy Brutale Theme. It's one of my favorite pieces of video game music from a surprisingly great game. Get well soon, Brian, and congratulations to you and Frank for reaching 100 episodes, Martin. So again, from The Sexy Brutale, this is the main theme.
And that was the Sexy Brutal theme from the Sexy Brutal submitted to us from Martin over in the UK. This released on the PS4, PC and Xbox One April 12th, 2017 would hit the Nintendo Switch December 7th, 2017. Uh, This was actually developed by Tequila Works, who would, after the Sexy Brutal, go on to do Rhyme which is a game that, Frank, you've actually talked about here on VG Mania before. In the... It wasn't the emotional episode. Or was it? It It may have been, actually. It may have been, because I remember you played an emotional track. Actually, you know what? I think it was the emotional episode. But I I remember you actually doing a a track from that game. Uh, The Sexy Brutal, I I found a couple different composers, uh, two in fact. Matt Bonham and Tim Cotterell. I'm not sure which one is responsible for the track. Either Matt or Tim. I'm not sure. Uh, The saxophone, though, was done by Leroy Horns. And holy crap, that saxophone is amazing. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, Brian. Hmm. I'm not letting you just gloss over that. The saxophone's player's last name is Horns. Leroy Horns. That's like you being named Brian Podcaster. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of is. Mm -hmm. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. Leroy Horns. He's on Spotify, too. But uh, yeah, hearing that hearing that track, you've actually inspired me. I actually went out and bought this game. So, yeah, you actually bought it and uh, probably will be playing it uh, tomorrow, Sunday after we record the show, huh? More than likely. <laughs> so so uh, thank you again for sending the track, uh, Martin. Uh, next time when you address your emails, it's to Brian and Frank. <laughs> no, no, it's to Brian. You don't read those emails. You don't, uh, I like you, to you, be included. I, I, I like to be included in all these things. You don't see the BG Mania at LebanonGames.com email account. But it's time once again for a Jessica pick. That's what it is time for. Just, just, just as good as a birthday present. Yeah, and we actually played this particular track in our emotional episode, just as we talked about with Rhyme. So we'll kick it over to her. We'll let her intro it, and we'll be right back. All right, so now for this song, I... Okay, um, does this song even need explaining? I mean, that's that's my question. I mean, how could this song not be on this BG Mania? Now, the funny story was actually, I was going to pick this song for the anniversary episode because I know Brian's played Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm pretty sure everybody else has as well. But this song, just to this day when I hear it, still brings out the emotions of, you know, Arthur's death. So... Because I actually played that game way more than Brian did. I got, I did every single side quest. I did everything. I even had my gold horse and I wish I knew how the ending was before I freaking took the horse there because we all know what happened and I was not ready for that. Okay, so anyways, this song to me, the fact that it still puts you back into that time of when you were playing the game it just instantly it just brings me back and it still haunts me to this day and that whole situation still haunts me to this day and i never played the first one and the only reason why i knew how the second one ended was because brian showed me because i didn't even think i was gonna ever play the game and then even though i knew what was gonna happen it did not help anything it still was a very upsetting ending and this song's just beautiful it's a very it's a very hard song to listen to because again it's just again brings out such the raw like raw emotion with it but i mean it just it needed to be on this episode i'm sure you guys all understand hope you guys enjoy
And that was That's the Way It Is from Red Dead Redemption 2, which came out October 26th, 2018, composed by Woody Jackson, vocals done by Daniel Lanoy. Shine light in the darkness. Yeah, we played this during our emotional episode uh, earlier this year. This is a very emotional track, dude. Like, this is one of really it's one of my favorite pieces as well and i'm glad jessica actually picked it it's super good but she picked it over me i actually left it off my list i think she enjoyed and i know for a fact she enjoyed red dead redemption 2 way more than i did because she went out there and not only did every single side quest imaginable even ones that you know she went out there and like you know people like finding the jungle book snake on a tree or something in the swamp like she went out there and found every Easter egg in this game, everything that people have found so far, just hundreds upon hundreds of hours. She was super emotionally invested in the character. And uh, I was glad I got to witness the moment when this track actually came on when she was playing it. Super good track, dude. Very emotional. And still to this day, hits me hard. Don't got a bad thing to say about it. Yeah. This is another perfectly done uh, track. Yeah, great piece of music and another great submission. Uh, Fantastic, fantastic track. 
really. And, and that snake actually, and that snake actually has a name. His name is Ka. Just a little fun fact, though. Yeah, true. A little, little tank tidbit. True. I actually didn't know that tank tidbit. Man, we haven't heard that in a while. Liner Call notes. Back. Liner notes. It's all. Everything's coming back in episode 100. Kyle actually said he was going to be streaming Red Dead Redemption 2 on Twitch soon, and uh, I can't wait to see his reaction to some of the things that happened in the story. Because, dude, it's such a good game. Such a good game. But speaking of snakes. All right. You knew the song had to make it to the episode. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. From Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, this is Snake Eater. Snake Eater for Metal Gear Solid 3. Snake Eater. Game came out November 17, 2004, composed by Harry Gregson Williams. Not not like Brian, the snake toucher. <laughs> true. I absolutely no, love true. this song. Not true at all. Um, I mean, Kojima is admittedly a big fan of like the James Bond and all, that, all those kinds of movies. This song in general has the very, very Bond feel to it, which also makes sense because Snake is a spy. Yeah, 
yeah, no, it, it's so James Bond, dude. It's so James Bond, and it's so good. This is another one. This is the third one that I mentioned. Uh, I told you three of my car songs are, are, are picked here. I blast this one of the car all the time. People are always like, hey, look, it's a fat Kratos-looking guy. <laughs> you said that joke three times this episode. Uh, uh, I, I had to, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's a fat Kratos guy singing about eating snakes. What else is he eating? Fried chicken? No, he's eating tree frogs. Didn't you hear that sometimes you have to eat a tree frog? You have, you have to sometimes. They're nutritious. It's a good source of protein. Yeah. Never noticed that lyric in the song before where you have to sometimes eat a tree frog. Great lyric, I guess. I have no idea. Great piece of music, though. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, honestly, probably my favorite Metal Gear game. Mm, no, for me, it's still two. Yeah, I'm not a big Raiden fan. I, li- I like Raiden. Yeah, me too. When he's in Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> How about Death Stranding later this year, though? That'll be good. Hopefully. I sure hope so, being that I have no idea what kind of game that is. But I mean, even even just as fans of Metal Gear and fans of Kojima, we have to be excited. You have to assume that the, the guy is not going to put something crazy out for us just for nothing. You know, it's it, there's going to be a good game. I I, I want to believe. Yeah. Uh, November 8th. I, I was shocked as hell. When they confirmed it was coming out this year, I thought for sure it was 2020. I thought for sure it was a PS5 game. Nope, still PS4, still uh, 2019. So kudos to Kojima Productions for actually getting that game out this year. And I can't wait to see what it ends up being. If it's even half as good as some of the Metal Gear games have been, I'll be happy. And you know what really is exciting, dude? The soundtrack for Death Stranding. Like, I'm so interested to see what it's going to be like. Exactly, man. Uh... Kojima knows what he's doing. He, he definitely gets the best to work with him. So I can only imagine the kind of, the kind of tracks we're going to get from that. We'll probably have to do a whole episode for Death Stranding. Ludwig Forsell is composing Death Stranding. He is a Swedish composer. That is all I know. Never mind. He's listed on the Metal Gear wiki. He worked on The Phantom Pain and Ground Zero. There you go. All right. So he's worked on a crappy Metal Gear game, but the music to those games wasn't bad. Yeah, he did uh, Sins of the Father, uh, which is a great track. Quiet's yeah. theme, and it did the entire thing for Ground Zeroes, which was a much, much smaller game. So, cool. At least we know it's a composer that's worked with Kojima before. That's actually interesting. And uh, good it's, to a know. Good, it's a good thing. It means that he knows where to hit his cues. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man, I'm going to jump to a, another track from Final Fantasy. I know we played one from Final Fantasy VII earlier, but this time we're going to go to Final Fantasy X. This is Too Zenerkind.
that was two Xanarkand from Final Fantasy X, which released here in North America December 17th, 2001. And that particular music was composed by Nobuo Yamatsu. A couple other composers on the soundtrack, though, Masashi Hamawazu and Junya Nakano. But yeah, that particular track was done by Yamatsu himself. Hamawazu, though, man, had to mention him because we, we've mentioned yeah, him before. You yes, always, you I mean, always I like to say the same dumb joke. joke. I make a horrible joke every time I hear his name, and I'm not going to do it this time. You know, he doesn't have tracks coming out his wazoo or whatever you say. Co- coming out of his hamawatsu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Final Fantasy X, man, still, even though it's not the best Final Fantasy, it still is one of the most important Final Fantasies to me, just because of where I was at, like, in life when Final Fantasy X came out, being in high school in 2001, just... On the PS2, a great system, fantastic game, I thought at the time, and I still think it's great. I played the HD version. It still holds up. This track is so beautiful, and we actually played a rendition of this, uh, not only in the, I don't, did we play this in the Final Fantasy X episode? I think we did, but we also played it in the YouTube cover episode that we did back in the day where we did the one on the handbells in that church setting which was beautiful, dude. It was so well done, those two guys doing that. They killed those handbells. I, that's great rendition. But nothing really nothing beats the original. This is so good. Noble Yumatsu captured the magic of Xanarkand being this ruined city at the time. You know, you see it in all of its glory at the beginning, but then all, you know, sin happens and the waves come and then you go back to it and it's just in ruins. And you he's able to capture the feeling of that moment in time with this piece of music, not my favorite track from 10, but I didn't want to play the, uh, the one that we played during the emotional episode where Titus and Yuna share a kiss in the water. I wanted to actually play this one. Cause I think it makes more sense for the hundredth episode. It's a great piece of music. It's so beautiful. And I can't wait to see, what comes next for Final Fantasy. Like, obviously, we talked about 7 Remake earlier showing up at E3. I'm just now waiting to see what 16 is going to be. Can't wait. It's going to be sweet. Can't wait, dude. For this next track, I'm not going to give you a big fancy transition like I normally do. Sorry. Um, I found an orchestral version of a song that I really, really like and I wanted to share with you all. Um, this will be about the 35th time I've heard this song in the past week. <laughs> in the past day. Uh, uh, quite a few times. Uh, from Super Mario World, this is an orchestral version of Castle Theme.
And that was the castle theme from Super Mario World. Uh, game came out August 13th, 1991. Composed, of course, by Koji Kondo. Uh, this version here uh, I found on YouTube was uh, by the channel TLB Orchestration. Um, instantly fell in love with this. I was looking, you know, Super Mario World Castle theme is one of my favorite tracks as well from Mario. I'm a big Bowser fan. When I saw this version, it had a really cool cover. I was like, hey, what the hell? Let's see what this is. And I, like I said, I, I've heard this. This is like my 35th, 36th time here this week, the past week. It's been on just constant play with the chanting and the violin. It's very Gregorian. It's very Frank. And that's, it is, it's, it's, that's my thing. I, yeah. I, 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 I normally don't let Brian listen to my tracks at the time. I'll tell him what to pick so he can download the tracks for me. But I don't. Well, I was like, no, screw this, Brian. You're listening to this now, and I sent it to him right away. Like I was like, I'm a grown man, and I'm in tears. I'm like, glad I, I listened I, to it too, because it's it's a phenomenal rendition of that piece of music. Like the castle theme itself is already iconic from the SNES version of Super Mario World, but just hearing it done like in a full orchestral movement with chanting and oh man, it's so good. And they have other great stuff on their channel too. They do. Check them out. TLB, like Thomas Lowry Boy, orchestration. Is that what TLB stands for? Probably not. Probably but... not. The Last Battle? No. I don't know what TLB stands for. Superb. 10 great, out of 10. Great piece of music. Just like my next pick is also a 10 out of 10 great piece of music. And it's something we've played, uh, I want to say at least twice on the show before, but I can never play this enough. From Shenmue 2, this is the Morning Fog's Wave.
And that was the Morning Fog's Wave from Shenmue 2, which released on the Dreamcast in Japan September 6th, 2001. We would see it on the Xbox here in North America October 28th, 2002. That particular track, what I was able to find, and I don't know if I said this last time, because I just gave, I think I just gave blanket credit to all three individuals composed on the soundtrack, but I did a bit more digging. I think I was able to find the actual composer. And if I'm not mistaken, it's Toshiyuki Watanabe is, I believe, the actual composer of that track, which is such a beautiful piece of music. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Anytime I get a chance to play this piece of music, I will. It is so good. There are times in that track when the violin is going. I hear bits of Andrew Lloyd Webber in that piece of music. Yes, the fan of the opera. Yeah, I, I, I hear that a lot. And I can't remember if we actually talked about that the last time we played that track. But it it jumped out to me more now than it ever has before listening to it for this episode. How much that sounds like something inspired by Phantom of the Opera or more specifically Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's very well done. It's a great piece of music and Shenmue 3 is this year. Holy crap, dude. Everything just makes so much sense in the episode 100, doesn't it? Everything all ties together with this year somehow. It does. Uh, I, for one, cannot wait for the, uh, Shenmue 3 to come out. Yeah, I, I know you're not going to play it, but I'm no, going to. No. Actually, music. actually, you said if Shenmue 3 came out, you'd play it, but you got to play through the first and second first. Otherwise, you're going to have no idea what's going on. But, you know, for the music alone, I want, I want the game to come out. Absolutely. It's going to be so good. I can't wait to explore that soundtrack and really just, you know, do an episode on it or a bonus episode or something. It'll be fun. But we have one more listener submission to get to before the episode ends today. And this one came to us from Aaron at bgmaniatleveldowngames.com if you want to submit tracks just like she did for future episodes. The Legend of Zelda will always hold a special place in my heart, and the classic theme is a tune that will always be stuck in my head. My all-time favorite version of the song comes from Twilight Princess and is known as Hyrule Field. Every time I hear it, I'm instantly taken into this magical land where I wish I could live forever. Thanks for providing all this awesome music for us to listen to on a weekly basis and keep up the good work. So from The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, this is Hyrule Field.
And that was Hyrule Field from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, which came out here in North America on the Wii November 19th, 2006, and the GameCube December 11th, 2006. GameCube version's way better. Composed by two individuals, Toro Minigishi and Asuka Ota. Not sure which one was responsible for it. I believe it was Toro Minigishi, but I don't want to give credit because I'm not 100% sure. And as submitted to us by listener Aaron at bgmanatelevedowngames.com. Thanks again for the submission. And Frank and I were kind of talking about it. It is a very good rendition of the classic Hyrule field theme or the Legend of Zelda theme. It's a great piece of music. It really, really is. Uh, and thank you for that submission. Again, when you send submissions in, start the, the email off with, thank you, Frank, for being so awesome and great and better than Brian. Nobody best thinks that. Get, best way to get your song picked. Nobody thinks that except for you. And I'm inclined to believe you don't even think that. Uh, first of all, Brian, I live and breathe that statement. Okay? <laughs> it is Twilight Princess, man. It really is a phenomenal game. Uh, one of the better Zelda games of all time, just in te- in terms of pure dungeons that was probably my favorite Wii game yeah I agree with that I agree with that not my favorite GameCube game but definitely my favorite Wii game uh because I I have played both versions and actually finished both versions because the Wii one is the one that's mirrored so it was kind of like a little bit of a different experience but it was a much it was a pretty hard experience to get to a certain portion with the damn uh cart on fire oh yeah dude yeah it was a little bit of a pain in the butt over an hour for me but it is a great soundtrack, and there are... I just was looking at the soundtrack for Twilight Princess as we were listening to that. So many pieces of music that we've yet to play, because that soundtrack is literally over 120 songs deep. And I think we've played... Really? Yeah. And we've played maybe 20 of them total. We'll have to dig through and see what's going on then, because... Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of pieces of music, like just minute-long things here and there, or two-minute things that you know, probably will never get to. But if you like that kind of music, the soundtrack is totally worth exploring on your own. The official soundtrack itself is three CDs. Like, it's it's a massive thing. That's like a mega friggin' CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's so good. Uh, really enjoy the uh, submission. Thanks again. Thanks for all the submissions, all three of you, Aaron, Dave, and Martin. Thank you guys for coming through with some submissions in, in short notice because we literally what we, we record these episodes as I always say on Saturdays so the episode 99 has only been up for three days Wednesday Thursday and Friday before they had the you know the time before we recorded this episode so that means they listened to that that quick and was able to submit tracks that fast and that actually means a lot to me so thank you so much and it's it's people like you guys that has gotten us to these 100 episodes and has gotten us to the Thousands upon thousands of downloads that we now get for not only well, BG millions. Mania, yeah, exactly the millions upon millions in the future, but right now the thousands upon thousands of not only BG Mania, but Max Level. I know we have a lot of crossover listeners for both of our podcasts, and uh, it means a lot to both of us. So thank you guys so much. Mega thanks to all of you. That's right. I did it twice. I'll do it one more time. Uh, my mega pick is from Just... Mega Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> I went ahead as like, you know, what's my favorite Mega Man 3 song? And oddly enough, it's the opening theme. So for Mega Man 3, opening theme.
that was the opening theme to Mega Man 3. Came out in November 1990 and composed by Yasuaki Fujita. What a piece of music, dude. I knew I wanted to do something for Mega Man. That was a given. And then I was like, okay, what's your favorite Mega Man? And I was like, eh, it's either two or three. Then I'm like, then what's your favorite track between all those? Okay, now it's the opening theme. And then I went ahead and I started doing research. And I was like, what do people think is the best track from Mega Man 3? By and far, the well, opening title theme. theme. Yeah, exactly. Or the opening oh, theme. I, I, I wanted to see, you know, obviously if I love it, it you know, there's, there's something there. You know, it's it's personal to me. But like, what would everyone like? And it's, it was the same thing. So it's nice to have a little confirmation there. Yeah. But yeah, it, this, this is a classic track. And I've seen this perform live by a cover band. Ooh, nice, 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 nice. I bet that was cool. It was great. The, the, the lead singer was literally uh, dressed as Mega Man, had a Mega Buster on his arm and everything. It was really cool. Oh, nice, nice. For any for any new listeners, for any new listeners that want to check it out, last October, Frank and I did a deep dive into the entire Mega Man catalog of music. We put up two episodes, a part one and a part two, where we played music from Mega Man 1 through 10 and even had a couple tracks from 11. We recorded the episodes before 11 came out, but I want to say we had one track or two tracks from Mega Man 11 in there as well. So it was a it was a blast to do. And if you're, again, into Mega Man music at all, check it out from last October. It was great episodes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I had to have Mega Man feature. It just it's 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 a big part of my gaming life. I love this song. I, I, I we've talked about this one in such detail. Listen to that episode. It's a great, great episode. One of my favorites. Yep, yep, yep. Just like um, just like Mega Man was a huge part of your gaming life. My next pick really is it, it personifies me as a gamer. Like this is. I go back and forth a lot of times with what is my favorite video game of all time. And, you know, I, I toss it up between The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and World of Warcraft. I had to get a Warcraft pick in this episode. It would have just been, you know, very unlike me. I'd be I'd be ashamed if you didn't. Yeah, I, I would have been terrible if I didn't put something Warcraft in this actual episode. This comes from the classic version of World of Warcraft, which has a release date of August 27th later this year, and uh, we will be doing an entire episode dedicated to the music found just in World of Warcraft Classic later this summer. But I want to play a piece of music now that is my all-time favorite piece of music from World of Warcraft. It's the Stormwind City theme.
And that was the Stormwind City theme from World of Warcraft Classic or World of Warcraft Vanilla, as we used to call it before the classic version was a thing. Released here in North America November 23rd, 2004, and that particular track was composed by the wonderful Jason Hayes. Fan-freaking-tastic piece of music. Uh, also got to give credit to the three other composers on that soundtrack, because everything on there is good. Tracy Bush, Derek Duke, and Glenn Stafford. As I mentioned, we will be doing a dive into the soundtrack for World of Warcraft Classic later on this summer in preparation and probably maybe even right around the same time that the uh, classic version is releasing on uh, on PC. So look for that later this summer. And dude, I'm excited. I'm so excited to play Classic Warcraft, especially I am with you. I'm going to burn this city to, to the ground. No, oh, that's right. You're playing Horde. I'm playing as a, I'm playing as a Horde. I'm going to burn this city down. I'm going to burn down the L1 forest. It's all done. The whole Eastern Kingdom's gone. Well, I uh, I guess I will partake with you and our Horde characters, but as soon as we're done, I'll be switching over to my Alliance main and having a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, World of Warcraft, obviously, I, I've talked about this game so much here on BG Mania and Max Level. It really is one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game of all time. It, it personifies me as a gamer. I still sub to it this day, even though I don't play it that often. I still pay $15 a month in case I ever get the itch to jump in because I want to be able to jump in. Like if I, for whatever reason, wake up one day like, man, I want to play some Warcraft. I just want to play like I'll pay the $15 to keep that notion going to just be able to play whenever I feel like it. And to be able to say that I'm doing that for any game, whether it's Warcraft or not, speaks a lot about the game itself because I really must think it's great if I'm willing to pay 15 bucks a month even though I'm not playing it every single day or sometimes I go an entire month and I don't play it and I still pay it. That's crazy man you should play you should play this game more okay make, make some time for the games Brian. I okay. love Warcraft and I cannot wait for classic Warcraft later this year. Get yourself back to Booty Bay okay? Booty Bay great track as well great freaking track but speaking of great tracks we're going to kick it over to Jessica for her last pick, which comes from probably her favorite game of all time, uh, a pick she's actually submitted before on the show. So we'll kick it to her and we'll be right back. So for this one, if you guys have been with us from the beginning, you'll know I am the biggest Rune Factory fan. The absolute biggest. I mean, the fact that Rune Factory 4 and even 5 has been told that it's getting announced is just... I cried during that um, Nintendo press conference, and I am not afraid to admit it. I was so happy, um, so I can't wait for that to come out. But instantly again, when Brian told me this, you know, this theme of BG Mania, I was like, um, this song needs to be on it. This, it's, I mean, it's just a simple, like, it's a simple song. It's just the piano, but it just brings out so many emotions, and especially... If you play that game, you'll have a better understanding as to why it's such a beautiful song and why it deserves this spot. I mean, it's just, it's your friend, you know, your your friend passes away. And I mean, that's, the game's been out for seven years. So if you haven't played it yet, that's your fault. Your friend passes away. I'm not going to tell you which one, if that helps. And this is the song that plays and, you know, it's just kind of like a, a monologue of you just walking around the town and, and you can just see that everything and everyone are kind of different but yet they're still living their lives, but yet you just, you haven't quite moved on yet. And this song just kind of, you know, it just portrays that moment. And I feel like it just did such a beautiful job 
And this song definitely deserved, at least in my book, to be a part of this episode. So I'm sure I'm sure you guys agree, but if not, well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's going to be it today. So hope you guys enjoyed all the tracks I picked and I will see you on the next BG Mania Radio Hour. Bye, guys. And that was Tears of the Elder Dragon from Rune Factory 4, which released here on the Nintendo 3DS October 1st, 2013. It actually is coming to the Nintendo Switch later this year, sometime in 2019, actually releasing in Japan on July 25th, 2019, as the uh, Rune Factory 4 Special Edition, composed by Tomoko Morita. I remember, and I'm sure she talked about this, but you know, just buying this game for her that year for Christmas and it instantly becoming one of her favorite games of all time. And then when Marvelous kind of disbanded and Neverland disbanded and all that crap happened and we thought we were never going to see Rune Factory 5 for them to actually announce it during that Nintendo Direct and <laughs> just how freaking excited she got over that. It was it was really cool. Uh, you know, obviously as one of her actually favorite franchises and favorite games of all time. 
So it's a beautiful piece of music, too, dude. I distinctly remember that from the first time we played it. Like, it is a Absolutely. great piano I, I, arrangement. I, I remember uh, making a dumb joke about her being the daughter of Mr. Miyagi Pat Morita. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, man, you are stupid sometimes. Wow, Brian. Hey, at least I didn't say you were fat. Well, I'm not. I am festively fit. <laughs> festively fit, like our 100th episode, where uh, this was a festively fit episode, dude. 23 tracks. Everything has been so good, too. Thanks again to Jessica for, you know, submitting three oh, praise Jessica. excellent pieces of music for the episode. All three of them are great. So, well done. Why can't you pick three good tracks? I picked eight great tracks. Thank you very much. For my final pick. No fancy transition again. A song that I love to sing in open buildings because I'm a dork. Yep. Um, from Halo 2, this is the theme song. And that was the theme song Mjolnir Mix from Halo 2. Came out November 9th, 2004. I have Michael Salvatore and Martin O'Donnell listed as the composers for that bad boy right there. That sounds right to me, yeah. Boy, did I play a hell of a lot of Halo 2. Yeah, 
probably the Halo that I spent the most time playing back in the day. Like, yeah, just, uh, you know, land parties in my buddy's basement and just having an absolute blast. Those were the years, man. I, I think 2004 was a damn good year. It was a great year. It's a year I graduated high school as well. It was a great year. It is such a good piece of music, though. And, uh, man, we actually talked about this not even that long ago, but the uh, theme park up in Sandusky, Ohio, Cedar Point, during their hollow weekends, they actually play that track because it really does kind of have, like, a spooky feel to it, especially when like the chanting is going on and stuff, which as you mentioned, yeah. you like to go in and, and do in like wide open spaces, like anywhere that has good acoustics, I guess. But it's to the point that my little sisters uh, despise it or anywhere that's like surprised you haven't mentioned them yet this episode. Well, I guess I you wanted know. to be happy. <laughs> so, so, so big ups to Nicole, Angela and Brittany. There you go. Episode 100. There's they your name. They made it. Uh, as they literally text me right now. They they knew. They knew we were talking about them. They knew. Absolutely. Like, what? like what's this idiot saying about me now? Instead <laughs> of me, stupid glitter bombs. Yes, uh, I'm, a, I'm a bad brother who sent glitter bombs to his sisters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, uh, I have no problem and no shame doing this in public and embarrassing anybody I'm with. And uh, I, I love Halo. Uh, I, 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 wanna, I can't wait for Infinite to come out. Yeah, man. Uh, next week, we're going to find out more information on Halo Infinite. Uh, I'm expecting a big blowout. I really think this is going to be the main title that they showcase with um, uh, Scarlet, the new Xbox. Like if they if this isn't their main showcase game, uh, I'll be surprised. The Xbox One too. The Xbox One too, or as Kyle predicted on Max Level, the Microsoft X. If you uh, missed that, go check out our E3 predictions this past week on Monday for Max Phenomenal Level. Phenomenal episode. All my predictions are coming true. 25 individual unique predictions for E3 next week. And uh, we we had some crazy off the wall stuff. So go check that out. You should definitely listen to the episode, especially the bonus stage. Uh, the you guy killed who it. one he goes five for five. It's, it's amazing. I got to step my game Spoiler up and, and pick in the questions next week. Because, yeah, I, I you surprised me going five out of five. And dude. Hats off to you for that. That was well, crazy. I, well, it's the smartest and most beautiful member of Level 9 Games. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's my duty to please well, that duty. Uh, that, that means we're going to transition now to our last track of the day on our 100th. Does it have to end, Brian? Let's let's do 67 let's more. Let's do 23 more tracks. No, we got to end it, man. We're, we're pushing. We're probably already over two hours. I have no idea because we record this in uh, in segments, so I have no idea how long this actually episode already is, but I imagine it's over two hours. This is a meaty episode with 23 tracks, and we're going to close things out with a track that I feel like just, besides Dire Dire Docs earlier from Super Mario 64, this particular piece of music encapsulates everything that is Mario. From Super Mario Galaxy, we're going to take a listen to the Gusty Garden Galaxy, which is such a special piece of music. Super Mario Galaxy released November 12th, 2007 here in North America on the Nintendo Wii. And this entire soundtrack composed by Mahito Yakoda. Unless it's Koji Kondo, the only other guy that really nails Mario music, in my opinion, is Mahito Yakoda. Like, he just gets it, dude. Everything he did for Mario Galaxy and Mario Galaxy 2, freaking phenomenal. How, you know, Ryo Nagamatsu did some amazing things as well with Mario Galaxy 2. But Mahito Yokota is incredible. And he's still out there. I mean, he's still, he helped out with Mario Odyssey. He didn't actually compose anything. He did sound management, but he's still out there. The last composition 
to his name was Majora's Mask 3DS. And uh, before that was Captain Toad Treasure Tracker in 2014. So he's still out there supervising and, you know, managing sound departments at Nintendo for different games. But, dude, I want to see him back just composing something again. Whether that's the next Mario game, maybe helping out with the next Zelda game. I have no idea. But he has great ideas and great compositions and just gets the Mario sound. It's in it without question the best thing from Mario Galaxy. Probably the best galaxy as well from Mario Galaxy. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So enjoy. And if you've never heard this, then wow, you're in for a treat. But yeah, from Mario Galaxy, we're going to take a listen to the gusty Garden Galaxy theme to close out our 100th episode of BG Mania. We did it. Holy crap. Thank you, guys. Seriously, Thank 100 you episodes with you. I, so it's, much. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. I can't wait for episode 200. Yeah. Which is about... Cheers, what? But that is going to bring us to the close of the show this week. Unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here. No, I just uh, and we say to you all the time, please, please, please just send us those tracks. I loved get, having three tracks from you guys this week. Yeah. Shout out to Martin, Aaron and Dave once again for providing us tracks in such short notice for the 100th episode. Again, title them to Frank. I, I enjoy the praise and adulation. Don't do that. Shout out to Jessica for submitting three excellent tracks for us. And then. You know, Frank and I killing it with our eight picks. This was a great episode, dude. I had a lot of fun. This was a great episode. And I'm looking forward very much to not only next week's episode, but our next hundred episodes. It's going to be great. I can't wait. But that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests, as Frank just mentioned, for future episodes to BG Mania at leveldowngames.com especially for upcoming radio hours, because I think we only have one or two left in the bank and then we'll be running out. So yeah, get those submissions in for upcoming radio hours in the future. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash games and click that follow button. We're not live often. I say this all the time. If you want to follow someone that is live often on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce, B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Catch our buddy Kyle. You can find him on the Maxwell podcast. You can find him on leveldowngames.com writing reviews the latest and greatest games but he's out there he's streaming dead by daylight he's streaming horizon zero dawn he's streaming red dead redemption 2 streaming rocket league he's doing all these things super fun to interact with super fun to be a part of his chat check him out again bruce underscore deduce on twitch stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable twitter is a facebook good place to do so check the description box for the appropriate links next week normally frank we would have done a deep dive this week but because it's our 100th episode, we usually do the deep dives at the beginning of the month when we do them. Because it was our 100th episode, I had to kick the deep dive back one week. So next week, we are doing our deep dive for episode 101, and we will be exploring the music of Jesper Kid. going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait That's for that. That's going to be fun. I can yeah. already think of like 10 tracks that I want Oh yeah, so. dude. It's going to be such a phenomenal episode. Can't wait to really explore what he's done. You, you'll hear some Assassin's Creed, I'm sure, but it's going to be amazing. So yeah, deep dive into Jesper Kid next week on BG Media. Taking us out of our special 100th episode, we have the Gusty Garden Galaxy from Super Mario Galaxy composed by Mojito Yakoda. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.